Hello everyone, welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And today we have a lot of stuff that we're going to be covering. Uh, we got the new Vader number three that just came out. We got the Afro audio drama. And also, as of today, the good old Poe Dameron Freefall came out. <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. Uh, but first off, um, our Pride Month merch, we are still going pretty strong on that. All of the profits for that will be donated to the um, Homeless Black Trans Women's Fund, so check that out if you haven't yet. And we are also still accepting your stories. I know fandom is getting a little bit weird right now. It kind of seems like, I think Alex put it perfectly before we started recording, we're living in the ruins of the rise of Skywalker. Um, but we still want to hear from you guys. So if you want to send in your stories, uh, we've got links for how to do that in the description of every podcast episode. Yeah. So as for some news, um, Dark Legends is out. This is the, I guess, darker, spookier version of Star Wars Myths and Fables. <laughs> spookier version of Myths and Fables. Yeah. Um, yeah, is it is it going to be like a good like Halloween season read? I guess we're kind of approaching Halloween season. I mean, for Disney we are because typically they start their like Halloween parties in August. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely interested. I liked Myths and Fables. It wasn't, like, my favorite, yeah. but I think it was, like, a fun... It's, like, a fun book to have. It's got, like, really good art in it. So mm. I'm interested in checking it out. I, I hope it's spooky and scary. Yeah. The <laughs> I legends, love that stuff. The, the word legends, like, interests me. Like, you guys, like, talked about Legends of Luke Skywalker last time. So it's interesting how... Star Wars canon has been integrating legends within the story and being like, you know, like these stories are legends within this universe. So like take them as you will. Yeah, definitely. It's super fun. Um, kind of on some more book news. So Comic-Con at Home just happened as well. We did get a couple of book announcements. I don't think anything really like major. The biggest thing I think saw that came out of this was this lightsaber collections book which looks super fun um mm -hmm. and they talked a lot about uh the shadow of vader's castle which is a comic book series coming out some oh, idw stuff is that the is that the like halloweeny one that Kevin does yeah the spooky yeah. like ghost story have you read the first volume of those i haven't they're really fun are they fun? yeah yeah they're idw <laughs> they're um they're really really fun they're like that's cool different like Sith and like villains in in the Star Wars universe, and they're all like spooky stories about them. Oh, uh, see, it, and Cabin is great. I yeah, like Cabin is so great. Um, I recommend that. He loves weird force stuff, so I bet it's really fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, we also got the announcement for the art of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which is going to be um by Amy Ratcliffe. I'm really excited for this. So she did the Women uh, of the Galaxy. Women of the Galaxy. That's yeah. a great book. That's going to have a lot of cool art in it. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I love those um, Art of Star Wars books. They're such great coffee table books. Um, you really get to see, like, so much behind-the-scenes work that was put into a film that never really gets to see the light of day unless these books are made. There's so many people who are doing biz dev work on Star Wars that, like, their ideas don't typically look like the end product, but they helped the movie get there or the TV show get there, or in this case, like, the, the land get there. 
Yeah, I'm really excited to see kind of like some conceptual stuff for Galaxy's Edge, kind of seeing like where they started out with the idea and kind of how it evolved over time. I think it'll be really cool. And I think the last big thing that came out of the Comic-Con at home was they talked a little bit about Justina Ireland's A Test of Courage, which is part of the High Republic stuff we'll be getting uh, next year. And there's a character in it who is related to Santa Staros, who we'll be like, talking about today. <laughs> like an ancient um, <laughs> ancestor or something. Yeah. <laughs> like just 400 like, okay. years before. I was just kind of like, I, I, I'm confused to why everyone needs to be related. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's like, I guess it's a cute connection, but like, why? Like, why, like, I, why can't this character just stand on its own? Why? Like, <laughs> I guess the interesting thing about that, because there's also like a Tekka clan that we're going to learn oh, about. Oh, yeah, the Tekkas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think what's interesting about um, the Staros, like, because I agree, I don't think everybody needs to be related, especially when it comes to people of color yeah. in Star Wars. They have a really bad habit of that. Um, but they're not force users. So mm-hmm. that's kind of interesting. I don't think we've really seen like a family yeah. lineage that weren't somehow connected to force users. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing, like with the Tekas, they like I mean, War is so mysterious in a way that, and he's connected to the Force, but not a force user. That learning about his family it does seem kind of interesting because it's like, well, is this like a familiar thing? Is this something that was like? kind of passed down through the family where with Sana's family member like what what is the reason for that connection yeah and I I guess like the big thing is is I hope that there is a reason yeah exactly then I'll be I'll be eating my words and being like you know like that that was really cool that they did that yeah and I I'm glad that if they're gonna do it I'm glad that Justina Ireland's the one doing it yeah Like, that gives me a little bit more hope. Mm -hmm. So we also had the Emmys this past week, and Star Wars really took home a lot of stuff. Mandalorian got so many more nominations than I thought they would get. They got so many. So many. 15. So um, they got 15 nominations. Disney Plus as a whole got 19. So they got a chunk of them. Resistance got... A nomination for Outstanding Children's Show. Um, is that about Tangled it? the Series? Yeah, <laughs> Tangled the Series. Well, I mean, the, the those Emmys actually already took place. So Tangled the Series won three of the seven that they were nominated for, which is really exciting. Yeah, we have you know one of the co-hosts of Lipstick and Lightsabers <laughs> is an Emmy winner. I'm not really an Emmy winner <laughs> because um, they they won for best song. Which I am not involved in. Um, I did not write the song, and then they they won, I think, for best writing for one of the episodes. Which which I you did totally not write. wrote all of Tangled. No, let's be real. What was the third one? I don't remember. Well, it's on Disney Plus now, so you can watch it anytime you want. And please go and watch it, especially like listen, like. I know a lot of you out there love Tangled and love Disney princesses, so you should just watch it anyway. But um, it gets pretty Raylo, gets pretty Star Wars. I was yeah, like, get, I would say it gets really mythical, and it gets really like feels like very forcey and 
The end of season two had me like completely losing my mind. (laughs) So let's just let's just say that. So before we get into um, our books that we're going to be talking about, uh, I do have a recommendation. We both read this and it is The Poppy War by R.F. Kuang. I'm not done. I have I have five percent. Alex. (laughs) I know. Okay. well, let's listen here. This book was great. Like, yeah, it's I have an hour left. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like more new adult, adult leaning. Um, yeah. Lots of like Asian um, influences. It's like this war torn world. There's this cool mythology. And yeah. like, it's dark. I was, I, it's dark. <laughs> oh my God. There were some scenes where I'm just like, dang, I really feel it just gets really heavy. I just, I, I can't believe how young RF Kong was when she wrote this. Yeah. Wasn't she 19? Yeah. Isn't because she's like your age, isn't she? <laughs> no, she's like your age. I think she's like oh. 24. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> she is so smart. And like the way she crafted this book is just it was yeah. amazing. It was so good. And she's gonna be writing in Empire Strikes Back from a yeah. certain point of view. And she has expressed that she really wants to write like Rose and Paige Tico, which would be so This is so a good cool. sign. It's a good sign oh, that man. she's writing Star Wars because that means that like, you know, like the, the more pull you have within Del Rey, the more like, you know, you can pitch your own ideas and like hopefully those get greenlit. Yes. So many good authors writing on this empire so from a po- many. certain point of view. So good. <laughs> All I can think of with her is if she if she did get to write like the Tico sisters, like, you know, perfect world. She gets exactly what she wants. Like, would this be them, like, the destruction of their planet? Like, them leaving their planet? Maybe. Oh, that would be really heavy. <laughs> I know she could do it. I'm really excited. Okay, so let's talk about all of the wonderful new books that we got. Um, this is a lot of different stuff. We have Vader number three, we have Poe Dameron, we have Afra. And as I was kind of writing out stuff, I did kind of notice that what all of these had in common was how they use other parts of canon and how they feel like Star Wars is one story. Some do this better than others. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But let's start off with Vader number three. So this is the 2020 Darth Vader run um, by Greg Pak. Uh, we've been waiting a long time for this issue. Yeah, with all the delays with um, with Marvel and like with the pandemic and everything, it got really got pushed back. But then it crept up on us. Like I was like, Shannon, <laughs> I think Vader number three came out today, like, and you're like, me? what? <laughs> <laughs> when? <laughs> this I'm really enjoying this run of Vader. I love it. I it's so I good. absolutely love it. And like. How far have we come with comics? Like, to be, like, when we first started podcasting, I was, like, I was, like, quote, unquote, the common girl between the two of us. <laughs> but, like, I didn't really, I wasn't really a comic girl. Like, I didn't have any experience really reading any that much. Um, but now, like, I'm, like, yes, like, I am a comic girl. Like, I I have really felt like I've delved into, like, these comics and and I know what I like and what I dislike and um and like this Vader run is so good (laughs) it's so good so like I just read the 2015 Vader so Mm -hmm. like to prepare for Afra, and I really like 
the 2021 more. Yeah. Because uh, they're very different. They're kind of dealing with, like, different aspects mm-hmm. of Vader's life, obviously. Yeah. Um, in this run, it's after Empire Strikes Back. So mm-hmm. Vader has confronted his son, all of that kind of stuff. Um, in the first two issues, you're really seeing you really seeing him, like, reeling and, like, dealing with the fact that, like, he makes this connection between Luke and Padme, both leaving him. Yeah. And it, it's so... Greg Pak does this amazing way of writing, and I, I don't know who illustrates it, but I love the way that they show it, of, like, Vader... Like, somebody will say something, and then it, like, <laughs> makes Vader have, like, a flashback, and all I can yeah. picture is, like, Vader's totally crying behind his yeah. mask. <laughs> and, like, you haven't, you haven't read the 2017 Soul Run yet? Not yet. I think you'll like that one a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, I know how that one ends, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to get There's into that. There's a lot that. of Padme stuff in that one, too, that you'll like. <laughs> yes. And the thing about Vader 2020 is that it's very connected to the Padme novels. Yeah. Which, whether you like EK or you don't like EK, we're kind of like, I'm, I'm tired of EK writing Padme, but I really like that... Yeah there are things that are brought up in that that we're seeing mm-hmm. kind of come to fruition with the Vader there, comics. There are things from uh, Queen Shadow that are in yes. the Vader comic that is just fantastic. And for the most part, I really love Queen's Shadow. Like, yeah. from the end being a little bit rushed, like, I think it's a really solid book. And, like, the connections made in this comic are so well done. They are not kind of thrown together like with no care like we we've seen recently with a few things it really feels like there was so much care and so much like thought put into the connection yeah it it really feels like they all sat down and they were like you know if we're gonna add this in what is it gonna mean for vader's character There's so much story going on here, and I really love that. You just hit the, like, the nail on the head. What does this connection mean for the character? Not what does this connection mean for the audience? That's exactly it. Because here's the thing. Like, I would imagine that a lot of people reading the Vader comics probably didn't read Queen Shadow. Yeah. So, like, having those callbacks, for some people, aren't going to mean anything. Mm Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's more true. about what it means for Vader to be dealing with yeah. these things than for us. Because, like, we like mm-hmm. to see it, but it, it's more important yeah. for him. Because what's interesting is, like, my local comic book shop, they have a Facebook group where people, I guess, just kind of talk about, like, their favorite runs and stuff. And there's people in there talking about the Vader 2020 run and how great it is. And, I I mean, I don't know how much of a Star Wars fan they are if they're consuming other canon, but it is hitting everyone. Like, it is a hit within the comic community also. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really doing something special here. And (laughs) Vader number three ended on a little bit of a cliffhanger. So I hope number four doesn't get super delayed because I really want to know what's going to happen. It's this month? It's in, what, two weeks? It's supposed to be, I'm pretty sure. I'm guessing since since that came out and, like, the newest, um, there's, like, a new run of Afra, like, that's coming out now. I'm guessing they're getting back on track. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. I can't wait. But on another side of that, uh, 
today is the release of Poe Dameron Freefall. Um, Alex and I both had galley copies, so we've been reading it over the past um, week or two. Did you finish it? No. (laughs) I was going to preface this with saying I have 20% of the book left. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought you were going to read some of it today. Um. No. <laughs> no, let I, me, I let will. Let me tell you, nothing happens in the I last will, 20%. I will read my allotted 10% today and my allotted <laughs> 10% tomorrow. And then I will be done in time and my net galley review will be up by today. There you go. There you go. So. <laughs> well, okay. This Poe book, neither one of us really we didn't really think we would like it going into it. Um, and yeah. boy, howdy, were we proved correct. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I was talking to you about it, about how before The Rise of Skywalker, we really liked um, Poe's arc in The Last Jedi, and then we liked what publishing did with that, with uh, Resistance Reborn, like, showing him how he's reflecting on The Last Jedi. And then we also really love his how he is in Resistance. We love <laughs> Cartoon Poe. He's awesome. So going into The Rise of Skywalker, both of us, I think, became more Poe fans than we had ever been. And we were both really looking forward to seeing Poe in the next movie. And then that really... Dis- it, the movie disappointed us on a lot of fronts, but on Poe, it really, like we were bummed out. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and like, you know, we've talked about this before, but The Rise of Skywalker really did kind of act like Poe didn't have all this established backstory. And Mm -hmm. it it threw in all this stuff about him being a spice runner and all of that, which was just weird because he has a whole comic book, you know, devoted to him. Uh, We have learned about like his upbringing and all of that. So it, it was just a little bit disappointing um, especially, you know, reading Resistance Reborn, and that book's uh, pretty gay. <laughs> um, and then you get The Rise of Skywalker, and they're like, no, Poe is straight. He's a straight man. <laughs> it's like, eh. Um, that was really where I felt the most... I guess, like, it, it made me feel like the movie was calling me, like, dumb for consuming all of that material. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like I'm getting, like, Poe whiplash in a sense, where every person who writes Poe is pulling me in a different direction. Yeah, he, he doesn't feel consistent. I would say mm-hmm. of all of the characters, he feel, he has the most devoted to him, but he feels the least consistent. Yeah, it's kind of like you hear um, some of the complaints like of the previous like Legends books is that everyone brought something different to the, to the table, so there was a lot of, like I guess, like inconsistencies in that old canon and I'm I'm feeling that with Poe in new canon. Yeah, it, it's just really disappointing. So Poe Dameron Freefall is I would say it is a tie-in specifically to the rise of Skywalker. Yeah. I would definitely. say that the only the only canon that you need that goes with this book is only the rise of Skywalker. Because mm-hmm. it's it's really just explaining the um, Spice Runner plot. Yeah, it's not connected to the comic. Yeah, it's not connected to the comic. You don't see, like, any kind of, like, nod to 
the Poe we're gonna see later. Like, it's really just explaining, like, when he was with the Spice Runners. Is there a reason why it's called Freefall? Like, is there something in the last 20%? I mean, all of the... All of, like, the parts were, like, awakening, like, soaring. <laughs> you know, I guess oh, it just yeah, had to do with awake- him Awakening. Fall- I don't know. This is The Force Awakens. It's <laughs> Jedi Warrior Poe Dameron. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was a Jedi Warrior Poe Dameron book. Yeah. What gets me, though, like... Because we knew this. We knew it was going to tie in more to The Rise of Skywalker. We knew it was going to be, like, Zori and all that. And I was still kind of like, well, you never know. It could be interesting. Um, I was kind of intrigued by the author. Um, But the problem is, is that this book is so poorly written that I don't know how anybody okayed it to be Mm -hmm. released to the masses. I am... I'm actually going to try to see if I can get the library copy because I actually want to compare some of the beginning, of, especially like the first 50% of the book. Mm-hmm. I want to see, like, if it was edited. Yeah. It it reads a lot like a script. It's very exposition information heavy. I feel mm-hmm. like you don't get any, like, kind of POV. Like, yeah. you never really... I never really feel, like, grounded, like, in Poe. Mm-hmm. I... I I don't think I've read this clunky writing from Star Wars. No. I Everything that I've read, even if I didn't really like it, like, I feel like it was still written mm-hmm. fairly well. Edited well, written well. This, like you said, feels like reading a script. Yeah, it, it was really disappointing. And There's no... <sighs> there's no, like, characterization. Like, all the good stuff that, like, people go to books for, for getting that point of view and getting that like interior thought of character is like completely missing from this yeah this would have been like a better comic or like a like a short animated series yeah. i feel like it's very action heavy i i feel like the maybe book even is always... an audio drama yeah an audio drama would be fun mm-hmm. i just felt like it was telling me how i should feel a lot <laughs> you know what i mean yeah <laughs> like Here's the thing. So, I guess spoilers, but, I mean, you know, we're going to tell you now. Like, don't read it. Like, don't waste your time. But uh, Poe's mom is dead in this book. Um, Shara Bay died. But eight eight, years. Eight years. Yeah, he's 16 in this book. And every two seconds, this book, somebody is telling Poe, they're like, well, this isn't what Shara Bay would want for you. Do you think Shara Bay would improve? I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of it is just Poe discovering that spice runners are criminals if you can believe that (laughs) it's very solo it felt it it felt like solo it's just it's a shame i and like even the the zori stuff that you do get Mm -hmm. you do get to learn a little bit about zori like it was cool but i would have liked it better if it was in like a different context or just like her book but the whole, like, setup to reveal, like, kind of who she is is also a copy of another Star Wars character. It's 100% lifted. Like, the second I read it, I was like, oh, okay, she's just this person. It just, it's a shame. It, it really is a shame. I, I feel like this book never got past the idea stage. Mm-hmm. I feel like they just said, we need to write a Poe book about the Spice Runner story to tie it into the Rise of Skywalker, and then it never went any farther. <laughs> yeah. 
There was no, there were no like memorable new characters either. No, I mean um, the only person other than Poe that like I could really tell you with any certainty like I remember them is Zori, but Zori mm-hmm. was also in the movie. Yeah. So it's a shame, and to me, this is like a really big indicator of like this book doesn't feel like it's one story. Like this book feels like it's just damage control for Tross. Like, it doesn't feel like they were taking into consideration the Poe we see in The Force Awakens or the Poe we're going to see in The Last Jedi. Because, like, you know, with Han Solo, which they're very clearly trying to make Poe a Han 2.0 with this book. Like, I was thinking about Most Wanted, which was his book from, like, when he was younger. And I feel like with that, they really took care not only to tie it into Solo, like the Han we were going to see in Solo, but then also, like, the Han that we would see later mm-hmm. I, I feel like they were trying a lot harder to make it feel more connected but as i was saying before a lot of the connections in most wanted are important for the character that's very true mm-hmm. yeah nothing in this book impacts anybody <laughs> on a character level <laughs> and it's it's kind of strange to me that like they're like okay we need damage control for dross who do we need to who do we need to like control the most like damage from poe dameron poe dameron <laughs> it's like it's not ray it's not leia it's not ben it's poe yeah which and still though like if that was the side of the story that they wanted to put more focus on i don't know why they would need to but if that's what they wanted to do mm-hmm. i wouldn't have done a poe book i would have done a zori book yeah and have him as like the secondary character yeah would like, have been a lot you know, more interesting than then all those scenes with uh, poe and his dad kess just like not agreeing on anything they have the same conversation the entire book <laughs> and i just okay so i guess this is kind of like a spoiler for the end but um Kess Dameron shows back up <laughs> to try to, like, bring Poe home. And I think there was, like, a firefight. I was kind of, Yeah, okay, like, I've, speed I reading. read this part. You did read this part? Yeah. yeah. So um, Kess gets injured. Mm-hmm. And finally, like, they convince him to, like, go back home. And there's this <laughs> line from Poe where he's, like, he gets the feeling that he was never going to see his father alive again. It was again. so weird. And, like, and then it just moves on. And, like, Kess, like, wouldn't leave because he's, like, oh, like, I won't leave without Poe. Yeah. But then, like, Poe convinces, like, his dad's friend to just take him anyways without him. And that, yeah. and then he thinks about, oh, like I'm not going to see him again. But then after that, he's like, oh yeah, I'm going to go home in soon or something. Oh, I got the strong impression from the end of this book that Poe never goes back to Yavin okay. Four. Okay. Like I, that might just be me, but like I have this strong impression that he doesn't ever go home. Like, and if that's the case, what was the point of this book? Yeah, what was the lesson? What are what there is our takeaway? What is our takeaway? That spice runners are bad. <laughs> like literally, I can't think of anything else that this book was trying to tell me, other than that Poe is a good boy, and shouldn't be a spice runner. Hmm. It's very disappointing. Like, there's a battle at the end with the big head of the spice runners. And even that, like, they tied in this 
side story with another character, which her whole vendetta was very spoon-fed to you. Yeah. It just doesn't feel earned. And, like, the parts that even kind of, they kind of hit, it still just feels like Solo. Like, it mm-hmm. it felt like um, when they were on Kessel. Yeah. <laughs> like it just, it really just feels like Solo to me. And, like... The whole part with Poe getting recruited really feels like Big Shot Gangster putting together a crew. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's Ugh. it's disappointing. And <sighs> there's a scene at the end where he sees this like recording of Leia, and I was trying to remember back to in Before the Awakening because there's a Poe story in that, mm-hmm. and I couldn't remember too much of it, but it it didn't seem like it fit with that. I could be wrong though because it's been a while since I read that. But there's just so much contention with this book. Like, it just doesn't feel like it fits with Mm -hmm. anything. (laughs) Which, I don't really know if you can say that that's the book's fault, because I think it was just really a product of The Rise of Skywalker. Probably. So, that's the Poe novel. Um, I don't think either one of us recommend this book. I gave it one star, which some people thought was very harsh, but honestly, (laughs) it's... It's bad. <laughs> but a good book we got was the Dr. Afra audio drama by Sarah Kuhn. This was so good, and this <laughs> made me feel really happy about Star Wars. Yeah, it did. It was nice to, like, be so happy listening to this. I don't know where we're going to start talking about this because there, there's a lot of really strong points, but, like, the performances by everyone. Um, I think one of the cr- criticisms of... Jedi or wait Dooku Jedi Jedi Lost Lost. Mm -hmm. yeah was that some of the actors kind of sounded similar so it was hard to like tell the difference between different actors but in this audio drama I thought they did a really good like job casting different sounding voices so it was very easy to know who was talking yes and in particular the voice of Afra was Emily Wu Zeller she was so, so good. good. <laughs> oh, man. Like, I remember, like, even when I was reading the Vader comic, like, in prep for this, like, I hadn't heard her voice yet. No. But it sounded similar. <laughs> yeah. Like, such a good casting. And I'm just thinking, like, if they ever um, cast an Afra for um, for animated, like, an animated version, like, I really hope they go to oh, her. Oh, it's gotta and, be her. Yeah, like, she's so good. She nailed it. Like, I, I pulled up, um, an interview with the author, um, on StarWars.com, and she said about, um, Emily Zeller that she gives such a tour de force performance. You can really hear all of this in her voice. Like, she nailed mm-hmm. it. It was just so good. And we were talking about characterization, and in the audio drama, that's something that you don't get necessarily in the text, but it has to come from that, like, audio performance. It has to come from that, like, voice actor. Mm-hmm. And Emily Luzeller gives it, like, because you know how Afra is feeling. She is the type of person who will pretend like she doesn't care, but she cares more than anyone there. And you can hear it in her voice, like, I, like, I will, like, go on about this. (laughs) I I think the way that they, like, obviously, like, she pulled that off amazingly, but I loved the way that they kind of introduced that. So, like, this story is basically the 2015 Vader run, um, all from Aphra's perspective. She's, like, telling the story back to you. And since she's telling the story, 
Afra is somebody who, like, she's really, like, putting on a show and, like, telling a story. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, an unreliable narrator. She but is. Be- but because of, like, her tone of voice, like, you can tell, mm-hmm. tell. when she's, like, kind of lying or, like, maybe she's, like, and it was fine and, like, she moves on, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And then also, like, her little, like, snippets of being, like, oh, we're going to cut that, like, out where she, like, stops talking about something and oh, she just, I... like, changes subject. One of my favorite parts is when she starts to get really emotional. And, like, Afra is oh, somebody yeah. that you know, like, doesn't want to be vulnerable with people. But she and so, like, is, she, like, start... she cares so much. Uh, and she'd get, like, <laughs> emotional, and then she'd, like, stop herself and be like, computer, erase this part, and then she'd, like, keep going. Yeah. It just, she felt so realistic. I, I felt like I was really, like, sitting with Afra, and, like, she was telling me this story. Mm-hmm. I love Afra. She's such an original character. Um, I don't think we have, like, she is not, like, her per- her personality and her characteristics aren't like any other character. She yeah. is Afra. Like, I don't, like, I don't feel like we're getting a ripoff of some other character, even in a, in a different universe, you know? Yeah. She's just so, so well crafted. And, like, I, I feel like she is pretty consistent um, along the different stories we've seen of her. Yeah, for sure. Kind of on that note, so you got into Afra before I did. What yeah. was your first impression of her? Like, what kind of drew you to her? What made you, like, want to read about her? Well, I have always been a pretty big Indiana Jones fan and, like, archaeology and everything. I always, I would always find that, um, like, so interesting and, in, like, storytelling, like, characters who are out to find artifacts and like dig up things and it was always like just kind of magical like it was just like this like they they make this job seem so magical to be an archae- um archaeologist sorry it's very um, romantic yeah but it's like and as a kid you're like i would to be an archaeologist and then your parent <laughs> is like well actually it's pretty boring and you're like no it's not <laughs> It is romantic. You're right. It is a really romantic job. And, um, and I think that's what like attracted me to this story is that like, oh, like people would say like, you know, she's like, she's like the female Indiana Jones in space. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, that sounds like something I would like. And the Dr. Afra like 2016 series, it just won a glad award this week. And I think it's it won last year too, for best comic book. Oh, did it? I I think this might be the second or third time it's won. Oh, but, wow. But um, anyways, like, it, like, and it deserves that because it not only, like, not only is Afra queer, but, like, she, like, this comic is, like, it shows it. It's not just, oh, like, she likes someone. It's not an afterthought. Yeah, exactly. It's It's built in and it's, like, enriched in the story. Yeah. That's one of the things that gets me whenever I read a story that, like, has a queer component or, like, mm-hmm. like an asexual component or anything like that, sometimes it's just thrown in afterthought. as, like, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. like, an afterthought. It's just, like, part of their character, but not really, like, there's not really, like, a reason for it to be there. Yeah. You could, like, interchange it. With Afra. like, you can't have Afra without her being queer. Mm-hmm. Like, it's I so was, ingrained. I was watching an interview today with um, Star Wars Explained, and they had Bria on, who was a huge Afra fan, and she was talking about the beginning days of Afra, 
when it wasn't super explicit that she was queer, that like it was kind of up to the reader and it was very like hinted and a lot of people didn't actually catch on early on like Bria did, like the way she was drawn, like looking at Sana or like the the glances and stuff. And and it was really cool to hear her talk about it and about how then now we, we get full panels of her kissing girls, which is amazing. It's just, it's it's cool to hear, because I always knew she was queer, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's cool to hear from the beginning, like, how we got there, how that, like, the story of, like, showed us that. Well, it's really amazing, too, because, like, the, so the Afra run, like, I guess the original run, mm-hmm. it's seven volumes, it's 40 issues. It started in 2016, and it wrapped up in 2019. And so, like, obviously, she's covered a lot of ground Mm -hmm. and then recently it's getting I forget the word they used it was like a reboot or like a remaster uh, a relaunch so it's it's been relaunched Mm -hmm. in 2020 um there's two issues out now and I did read those I haven't read um the original run but it is kind of amazing like you can feel that transformation like from her introduction in 2015 with Vader to where she's at in 2020 like even the way that she's drawn the way that she interacts with characters like I really love how they've leaned into it with her I feel like Mm -hmm. they're really just going for it which is very nice to see and I do love that they have an all-woman team working on the new one yes that's so exciting and it's so important. Mm-hmm. The new ones are by um, Alyssa Wong and then the art is um, Marika Cresta. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does the in, inside art. And then I was also looking into the cover artist because I think she, that art is so beautiful also. And mm-hmm. the cover artist is from Croatia and she hasn't done too much for Marvel yet. So it's really exciting that they're bringing new artists into the fold. Ooh, that's I I love that. That's so exciting. So we've kind of been dancing around this, um, but the audio drama is the 2015 Vader introduction. Basically, mm-hmm. this is right after A New Hope. Um, Vader is he, he's kind of fallen out of good graces with good yeah. old Papa Palps. Um, um, Afra <laughs> kind of says like he's like kind of gotten demoted but she she believes in him that he'll like (laughs) rise and rank again this is my favorite thing about like i liked it in the comic and i really liked it in the audio drama is her invader like he it's a good duo i mean (laughs) he recruits her because he's like i need power and you can get all these droids for me i want a droid army let's go and like it's all under the pretenses that, like, he could kill her at any time. And, like, and Vader is just this, like, stoic person who doesn't talk. And then she's mm-hmm. over here, like, her mouth is going a mile a minute. Yeah. <laughs> like, and she's, like, she's so chaotic that she kind of in- enjoys the fact that she could kind of die any moment. Yeah. I think she kind of lives off the drama. She, she lives for the, like, like just, like, living dangerously, like, on the edge. <laughs> She really does. Like, I I think that even in the new run, um, like, she knows that Vader is, like, angry with her and, like, after her. And I really think she She likes likes that. She's like that meme of the guy running on the beach. She really is. She's like, oh, no. She's like, catch me. (laughs) It's just, I love the way that it's done. And to me, it kind of makes me think of, like, 
Anakin before Vader, like what their interactions would be like before that. Oh my I feel god, like he was pretty, it would be so good. It'd be so good. Like he was pretty chaotic. Like he's he's so himbo, good boy. They like, would get into so much trouble. Oh, it'd be so funny. Obi Wan would hate her. <laughs> <laughs> It's just so great because, like, now that he's Vader and, like, he's super sad, stoic boy, like, it's it's almost like it's him dealing with that younger version of himself. Oh, my gosh. I never thought about it like that. It, it kind of made me think of it when I was reading, like, the 2020 mm-hmm. because he's just so in his head. And then, va- like, Afra comes in and, like, really just shakes his shit up. <laughs> That, like, that is such a fascinating, like, thought. That she could be, like, (laughs) like, he's confronting the younger self. Like, and we see him doing that, like, in his memories and stuff with Padme. But to actually have it, like, in a character. Yeah. That is so interesting. And it makes me wonder, right? Because, like... We she's been around for so long. Like we we know it's not really a spoiler. Like Vader doesn't kill her, or if he does, we haven't seen it happen yeah. yet. She's she, still around. She has like she has like nine lives. Like she's yeah. Oh yeah. She she's <laughs> always like she. There's like so many death fake outs for her. She's like, no, I'm mm-hmm. fine. I'm fine. It's okay. Um, it it does make me wonder. And like I I thought about this when I was reading it because like you know Vader's supposed to be like this big tough bad guy, but I don't think he would ever actually kill her. You don't think so? I don't know. <laughs> like, when I was reading it the first time, I'm like, why didn't he kill her after she got the droids for him? And then when I was listening to it, and, like, obviously you get it with a little bit of, like, Afra's spin. Mm-hmm. And with Afra, she's talking more about how, like, she's trying to stay two steps ahead to make sure, like, he still needs her and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, like, I wonder if <sighs> he would ever actually like want to kill her she's kind of like the opposite of his shadow right like we talk about like all these characters having a shadow like yoda's shadow like ray's shadow and then you have vader who is his shadow and then anakin his his light side and and he's kind of like this character of afra like Mm -hmm. would he like he wants to kill her but would he actually go through with it like subconsciously does he want to and like that's the thing we see in i know it happens in 2020 i don't remember if it happened in 2015 i think it did he says that he killed anakin skywalker like he believes that like Mm -hmm. he and it's not even in like a you know like oh i killed him i'm stronger whatever like it's really like in a sad like he's gone i can't be him anymore and i i it makes me wonder when you see like afro come in um, kind of in a way, like, when Luke comes in and, like, just totally, like, Rex Vader's, like, whole mentality. Yeah. You know? And Vader does defend her. but yeah. And he says it's because she has information, but it, it makes me wonder. <laughs> yeah. How, like, I, I would love to see him reflect on Afra like that. I, I think it would be interesting if we ever saw them meet again. Um, mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, when he Which has to I'm face... actually, I was going to say, like, the last comic that I read ended on a cliffhanger, and they were meeting again. I, I think, 
because in 2020, it kind of sounds like she's freshly on the run from him again. Okay. So I guess there is some kind of confrontation. <laughs> okay. Um, but it does make me wonder, because, you know, like, he has that connection with, like, Ahsoka, too, where it's like, she comes back and it's like, oh, I don't know how to reconcile who I was with who I am now that you're here. And, like, I think with Afra, like, maybe it does make him think about things a little bit differently. We haven't really gotten to see it, but I would really like to. And it makes me wonder if he thinks that, like, there is hope for him when he's with her, like, that there is an escape. It's really interesting to think about, right? Like, yeah, like, she is almost, she has almost become his escape, like, his little reprieve from being Vader. It's like, yeah, she's so, like, funny and so just, like, carefree and chaotic that, like, is he, like, like, he enjoys his time with her, I guess. Like, he enjoys that little break. And I mean, with Afra, she is helping him look for Luke Skywalker. Like, that's what she kind of ends up doing. And that is a pretty, like, heavy thing for him. But we know that, like, he's he wants Luke because he doesn't want the Emperor to have Luke. And he want, he doesn't want to kill Luke. Like, he wants to rule with him. Like, there is a hope there. Mm-hmm. Like, if he was totally evil, like... And, you know, like, without redemption and all this, he would be looking for Luke to kill him, or he would have told Palpatine about it, but he doesn't. So clearly, you know, when Padme said, you know, like, there's still good in him, there's still something there, like, obviously there is. And I think Aphra right now is the only person who has really gotten to see that and lived to tell the tale. (laughs) So we get that interaction with Aphra, but then we also get Santa Staros. I think those were the best parts of the of the audio drama. A hundred percent. Tell mm-hmm. me about Santa. So Santa was um, Han's fake ex-wife, <laughs> right? But before yeah. that, this is like before the events of all of that. She went to school with Afra. They went to university together, and um, college AU. College AU, exactly. I don't think we actually got enough College AU. No. Like, we, we could have gotten so much more, but um, from the moment that they met, Afra was, like, in love with her. Was, like, this woman is, like, the most beautiful person I've ever seen, um, like, and was just, like, dazzled by her, basically. What's really interesting is that the driving force of this story is kind of, like, her wanting to, like, right some wrongs. And Mm -hmm. she definitely thinks that one of her biggest mistakes was what happened between, like, her and Sana. And I really loved the part in the book when you kind of see what became of that and, like, where Aphra's headspace is at with all of that. And it it just made Aphra seem so layered. Because, like, we already know that she's a character that's, like, very carefree and, like, blah, blah, blah. But, like, a lot of the times when you have characters like that, it's because they're using that to distract from, like, the pain that they're dealing yeah. with. And so I liked when Santa is introduced and you start to see, like, more of that. You see that Afra really is covering up, like, some deep, like, trauma. Like, something happened there that she still hasn't really mm-hmm. worked through. Something that she really deeply regrets. I loved getting the so I know one of your favorite comics is the the prison break story. Yeah. Um I really loved getting to see that. Mhm. I like I love that story with Leia. Well, you want to talk about Leia a little bit in this? Yeah. 
So um, we get the prison break arc in this audio drama, which, like I said, one of my favorite Star Wars comics. It's it's really great. I would totally recommend checking it out. Um, but surprisingly, we had a voice actress play Leia, who we both recognized. <laughs> <laughs> she was very recognizable. Yeah. It was, um, oh my God. Cat Tabor. Cat Tabor, exactly. It was Cat Tabor. And Cat Tabor's voice always sounds like Padme. <laughs> she is so, Padme. Yeah, I mean, like, yes, she is Padme, but I thought it was kind of a strange choice to hear Padme reading Leia's lines um, because she didn't change her voice very much. I, it was weird because it was just straight up Padme from the Clone Wars voice. Like, she didn't change mm-hmm. it at all. I feel like I kind of get where they were going with it. Because I wonder if it was like, well, you know, she's Padme's daughter. So, yeah. like, that was kind of fun. But I do wish it had been, like, a little bit different. <laughs> it it did take me out of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, it was distracting, I would say. It was a little bit distracting. Especially, I w- like, doesn't she read the Padme books? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if you listen to a lot of audiobooks and or then you listen even to this. Clone Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Or Clone Wars. It's <laughs> it's going to be a little bit strange. I love that um, Afra, Padme, not Padme, see, Afra, Leia, and Sana all get, like, this huge chunk of time together. Like, yeah. that was just, it's really, You don't get to see really three fun. women do something together in Star Wars ever. No. And two <laughs> of them are in love. <laughs> Like, <laughs> think of how we could have had it this in Tross. We literally uh, could have had this dynamic in Tross, and we didn't. And we didn't. It's just, oh, oh my gosh. My God. And it, there's so much representation here. Like, I, I love it. I love it so mm-hmm. freaking much. And to kind of talk about the representation, so... Um, Sarah Kuhn, who adapted this, yeah. she um, there's an interview by her, which I mentioned before. I'll link it below. Um, there's a quote where she says, as a little Asian American girl who loved Star Wars, I didn't really see myself in it. Afra's face looks like mine. I could cosplay her and wouldn't get, oh, you're the Asian version of that character. I would just be Afra. I think she's made a lot of people feel seen. I love that she's always unapologetically herself and having so much fun being herself. I love that. Mm-hmm. Bria Lavornia said like a similar thing on her interview with Star Wars Explained where she said, you know, um, people, if I was cosplaying someone else, they would be like, oh, you're, that's an interesting version of that character. Mm-hmm. Where like, it's, this is why like diversity is so important and representation. Yes. Like we... <sighs> Like, it's like a joke now where, like, all the women are these, like, bright British brunette women. Yeah. I mean, they are. And, and the places that we're seeing diversity in Star Wars are the comics. Yeah, for real. And I mean, there's so much diversity within the Afro comics. Because, like, you know, Sarah Star Wars, Sana Staros, <laughs> goodness, Santa Star Wars, um, is a black woman, which is awesome to see. I mean, mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I'm interested about with Justina Ireland getting to explore that. I hope we get, you know, that's handled with some care and all of that. I love learning about Afra and seeing like her upbringing, and I want to see more of her. Like that's why I want this to be like an animated show or like a live action show. Yeah, because it, it would just mean so much because it would bring her even more yeah. to general fans. 
I think that her original run gets pretty deep. Like, where I am right now, um, it's addressing a lot of her childhood trauma, like, with her parents. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting the way they're weaving it into the present storyline. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, is what we love to see in Star Wars. Everybody's got that childhood trauma that you kind of mm-hmm. work through. <laughs> I hope that I can go back in and read those. I... Twilight is coming out. Twilight's out by the time this comes out. So yeah. <laughs> I gotta read that. Midnight Sun. Midnight Sun. <laughs> um, but I just, like, I feel like with this audio drama, the point of it was really to get more people into the comics. And I think that this audio drama works as such an amazing jumping off point. Because from here, like, you could read this, like, listen to it, without knowing anything about Afra. It's a perfect introduction. It's done yeah. really well. And if you wanted to learn more, like, this is going to take you to the Vader comics, which are mm-hmm. all very good runs. And it'll take you to the Afra comics, which are outstanding. Like, it just, it's really connecting yeah. the story of Star Wars. I think it's it's really exciting that they're exploring new ways to get people interested in other characters. Mm-hmm. Because... The thing with Afra is a lot of people just don't read comics. Um, so it's really great that they're doing this and they're making you jumping off points. Yeah. And I think an audio drama was a good idea because, like, obviously I would love, like, an Afra book. Like, that would mm-hmm. be fun. But I feel like what really made this work was her telling the story and you could hear it, like, it just mm-hmm. worked so well. She's so dynamic that yeah. I feel like on the page, she just doesn't... There's something about hearing her voice that, like, really makes her come yeah. alive. It comes from Emily Zeller's performance. Oh, she did so good. <laughs> I stand Like, I just... Oh, my gosh. I just... I love it so like, much. Like, what else does this woman do? Like, I need to, like, consume everything. <laughs> Seriously, though, it just, oh, I can't believe how great it was. So we've been talking about Star Wars as one story. Um, with Afra. how do you think this story connects to it as a whole? Because it is outside of the Skywalker saga to a point. To a point. Um, though, like, we were just talking about childhood trauma and how they grow up and deal with that, which is very, like, very much a Star, Star Wars through line. And then, like, like you were pointing out that Afra almost represents, like, Anakin. Like, Anakin to Vader. Like, who, who he was before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that another thing that we see a little bit going forward in the comic that you haven't got in there is found family. She does find found family in someone, I think. Um, I haven't finished the run, so I don't know how it ends. <laughs> but um, I, I am really enjoying that aspect of it. Um, and definitely romance is a huge thing in Star Wars 2. And mm. that is also in the comics. I would definitely say that, like, when it comes to Star Wars, like, there are different little, like, facets of it. Mm-hmm. But when you're looking outside of the Star Wars saga... I think Afra is probably, like, the biggest chunk. Like, like, out of the Skywalkers, you mean? Outside of them. Outside of the Skywalkers. Because obviously most of Sky, um, Star Wars 
is about the Skywalkers in some way. Mm -hmm. And then we get, you know, like Rogue One and Solo. Well, Solo to a certain point. Yeah. um, That kind of exist outside. Like Lost Stars exists. You know, yeah, Rebels. And then, like, when you get into Afra, like, you know, it's 40 issues of comics Mm -hmm. about this character that doesn't have the Force. She's not a Skywalker. She's not from the movies. Yeah. And yet she clearly has connected with a ton of people because the Afro comics are very popular. So there's clearly, Mm -hmm. like, she is hitting on those core aspects of Star Wars that people want to see. Yeah. I hope she's in live action and and animated. Could she be in Mandalorian? Maybe. I was thinking about seeing her potentially. um, I think that it would be fun if Sabine... And Ahsoka came across her trying to find Ezra. That would be really cool. <laughs> I, <think that laughs> I would, would really be like really that. Fun. <laughs> oh, that would be really, really cool. She would really. Could you imagine that girl trio, Ahsoka, yeah. Sabine, and Afra? <laughs> that is such a power dynamic. I'm really here for that. <laughs> so I guess we've kind of answered this, like where we want to see her in the future, like. Everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, It makes me sad that there's no celebration this year because I know that they probably would have had like an Afra something because of this book. Uh, Yeah. Definitely, probably like, you know, the the trading pins that they do, like that kind of stuff. Mm hmm. That would be cool. I really want to do an Afra Disney bound now. I've been like thinking about it. I'm like, can I? I Yeah. So, to kind of wrap things up here, um, Vader 2020, if you aren't reading, um, you totally should. You can kind of, that's like, the thing with the comics that I was discovering with Afra is that sometimes it's very hard to find out where you need to start (laughs) or like what the best like point to jump in is. I'm still trying to figure that out too. Yeah, I don't think anybody really knows. I think if you just find something that you like, it's, you're going to figure out how to get through it like as you're going. And, like, with Vader 2020, like, it, it's the start of a new run. Mm-hmm. You can start with that number one and be totally yeah. fine. For um, me, it was the library that determined where I was starting. Like, <laughs> what I could get um, off the wait list the quickest. Well, like, I I looked up Dr. Afra because um, I read on the Marvel app, and it was just so confusing because it was like, here's book one and here's volume one and here's issue number 37 and I'm like what excuse I don't understand (laughs) but what I like about the Afra book is that you can listen to this audio drama and then like if you want to read that it's the 2015 Vader or you can jump right into the Afro comics yeah, and just start with number one. Yeah, it gets you one. ready for the Afro comic, for sure. Yeah, it, it's, it makes it a lot easier. Because there it was like 25 issues of Vader, I think it covered. Um, yeah. And then like a couple other things here and there. So it, it kind of simplified it, I would say. Um, so definitely recommend Vader and Afra. Poe, you can totally skip it. It doesn't know Star Wars. It's never heard of yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> I think that we we didn't go too spoilery with Star uh, with sorry with Poe. So like if anyone wants any spoilers, you can always message us and we can talk more in depth by some things that we alluded to that we didn't just spell out. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. It it was very difficult to read. It was not fun. Yeah, I've been doing ten percent a day. Yeah, because I like that's all I can 
handle. Yeah, and I I speed read it, which was fine. I didn't really feel like I was missing anything because nothing was really happening. It's this is the main reason I say don't read it is because it was so hard to read and like destroyed me mentally. Mm-hmm. Like I would have to do something like completely different. I had to start another yeah. book. Like it, it would just put me in like a bad mood. Like I have toss. a noti- I have a notification on my phone that goes off every day at six, telling yeah. me I have to read Poe. <laughs> it's it's a chore. Like that's why we're telling you like hey you can just skip it because it, it's just it, it's hard. Like even if you like Poe, I, I guess if you liked. The Rise of Skywalker, which there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there's but The Rise of Skywalker, that. the book itself was written better. The yes, writing it was. was better. Even if you didn't like the story, the writing was better. What I'm saying is the Poe novel, at least the first half of it, was like not edited and reads like a script. Yeah. It's just it's just bad. It's I I really do wonder if like the released version is going to be better because I think it's embarrassing if this is actually what gets published because it's it's that bad. Uh, but I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Um, like Alex said, if you want to talk more about Poe or Afra or anything that we talked about today, you can always find us online. Um, we're pretty much always on Twitter. I am at McCarter Shannon and Alex is at Alex Leonis. Or you can find us collectively at lip underscore lightsabers. Um, send us your Star Wars stories. We are always excited to hear from you guys. You can check out our merch shop. We still have all of our pride designs up. All of those designs go to charity. Um, and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.